tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 6. So today we're going to be talking about goal setting, which may sound strange as this episode is airing in May. But listen, I think we all innately have a desire to grow, to make needed changes in our lives, whether it's to lose weight or start exercising, to spend time with Jesus or more time with our families. All of us have a desire to be more than we currently are. And I think that's God-given. Unfortunately, too often we try to do it in our own strength. And if you're like me, I tend to overpromise and underdeliver to the point that I finally throw up my hands in despair and decide what's the use? I'll never change. Well, my friend, it doesn't have to be that way. And I can't wait to share a, a tool and a, a method that God's been using in my own life, as well as the amazing woman behind it. Oh, you guys, I am so excited to have Laura Casey with us today. She is just an amazing woman of God, but also just an inspiration. Uh, she's written several books. Her first one was called Make It Happen, Surrender Your Fear, Take the Leap, Live on Purpose, and then Cultivate, A Grace-Filled Guide to Growing an Intentional Life. And um, Laura has actually been a huge part of my life this year as I've been using her power sheets to, to really be more purposeful in the way I live. And I cannot wait to share her with you. Welcome to the living room, Laura. Oh, thank you so much. I'm just grateful and elated to be here. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you have you you don't know this, but you have literally held my hand um, in in it was just the sweetest thing. Um, God had just put it, been putting it on my heart to um, to really kind of focus. I was going to have to focus because uh, I was working on a book contract and a lot of other responsibilities as a pastor's wife and different things. And I just knew I couldn't just let life happen. Mm, I really right. needed to be more intentional. But to be honest, can I just be honest? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Some of the goal setting is so type A driven that it's overwhelming to me. Um, I would probably have to identify myself as a reluctant goal setter. Yes. Because I know what I need to do and I can even make plans to do it. And yet my follow through just stinks. And and so when I found your stuff and it was so grace filled, I, I just, it's just so grace filled. There's just all sorts of room to be human and be honest and not to fit this cookie cutter gold digger kind of woman, but, but just kind of with the Lord's help. And that's the thing I love most about it. Just inviting the Lord into our goal setting and really finding out what he thinks matters so that we can live more on purpose. What Would you tell us a little bit about your story and how you ended up doing this ministry of Cultivate What Matters? Well, first of all, I have to say, um, you and I are cut from the same cloth. <laughs> I, I, you know, people always um, are surprised when I say that I am not a goal person innately. I'm really not like, I am exactly like you, even as you were talking about um, goal setting and goals in general, kind of feeling like a type A 
like too organized for my taste um, thing, I feel that. I mean, even just you talking about it, I start to feel like tense in my chest thinking about it. Um, and that's where uh, God just writes the craziest stories. He really does. Like something out of nothing. And that's that's what the story he wrote in my life, which is I went to school for music theater and thought that that was going to be my path. And to, just to make a really long story short, um, he led me to uh, personal training after college instead. So I had just felt wrestled and felt a lot of tension after college that I loved performing. I loved the gift of art and music and um, understanding someone's motivations and then living that out on stage. But I really didn't like auditioning for my life every day. <laughs> I just really didn't like the business of the business. And so um, I ended up becoming a personal trainer. And that might seem at first, just like it may seem in you know anyone that's listening, your story, these things that we experience sometimes seem disconnected from our next steps. <laughs> I think, well, I went to school for one thing. Why am I doing personal training? Um, now, in retrospect, I look back and I know that the Lord had used my time in theater to learn about people's motivations so that I could then become a personal trainer and do the same. I learned about what makes someone tick. What is your motivation? What is your <clears throat> your drive and your fire in life? And how can we bring that out more? And that's really what I do today. So uh, I was a personal trainer for about three years in New York City. And it was during that time that I had a client that came to me one day and, and he said, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds because that's what I weighed in college. <laughs> you know, like that's such a a defeating goal to begin with. Um, we, we set these goals for ourselves that are really pulled out of shame. Like we think we have to be someone else's standard of what they say is wonderful or something we maybe used to be in the past. And these things are obviously not really realistic or motivating. <laughs> That's just not motivating. Um, so instead, I worked with this gentleman to uncover uh, a goal that was a lot deeper, um, deeply, more deeply rooted in his big picture vision for his life. And when I got to know him and got to know what really mattered to him, we came up with a new goal. And instead of I want to lose 20 pounds, because that's what I weighed in college, the goal became, I want to live a long and healthy life so that I can walk my daughter down the aisle. Oh, yeah. I know. I mean, and here I am 20 years later thinking about this, I still get chills thinking about the transformation that he had. But here's the kicker. It wasn't just about coming up with a good goal. Um, that new goal, the goal that was really connected to something that mattered to him, it allowed him to fail. It allowed him to be imperfect in his progress because he knew that, look, no matter how many times I mess up on this or how many times I want to eat chicken wings instead of broccoli. <laughs> um, I know I'm going to get back up and get back on the horn because this matters to me. So when you have a goal that's really deeply connected to what matters to you in the big picture, that's it gives you this beautiful freedom that we know the Lord created us to have to be imperfect. Because if we had to be perfect, we wouldn't need him, right? Um, so this just sparked something in me in my life. And I thought, Ah, I don't know what this is, but I want more of this. And then fast forward, um, I got married to my husband, Ari. Um, he was deployed with the Marines to Iraq, like right at the height of the Iraq war. And I was still uh, doing dabbling in personal training here and there, dabbling in uh, wedding planning, 
again, which seems totally disconnected from my path, but it was using the gifts of music and sound and uh, words and even a menu to tell someone's story, to uncover what mattered to them and then tell that story within their wedding. So I loved all these things. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> and then uh, he got deployed. During that time, I, I started a little wedding magazine. Um, and I mean that, that in, the, in the exact words I said, a little one. Like we thought we were going to print this and put it in grocery stores or you know, put it in local churches. It was just something to keep my mind occupied while he was deployed. Um, we just thought we would, you know, print it on our own printer or whatever, little pamphlet to put in different places. And that snowballed. And so I'm telling a really long story in a really short amount of time. But the point is, is that um, the Lord just used this, uh, this desire in me, which I now know is his gift to me, as everybody else has their gift from him too, um, of wanting to know what makes people tick and how can we help them live that more. Um, whether that's in a wedding magazine or personal training or writing or, you know, speaking, whatever it is, or even just being on the floor with my kids and playing Legos. Um, that through line pushed me to where I am now, which is um, I'm the CEO of Cultivate What Matters. And like you said, we make the Power Sheets Gold Planner, but really our heart is to help women to look at the big picture and then take small steps. Look at the big picture of where you want to be when you're 80 or 90 or 100 years old, um, and then start living like that today. Oh, that is so powerful. And I love that. I love that question that you asked that you say really clarifies everything. What do I want to be 20 years from now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, whether it's 80, like that's the, for those young girls, it's 80. For me, it's it's a little bit more than 20 years. <laughs> you know, because sometimes we can get so fixated on the the temporary goal that is only really seen in the light of get it done now. And we don't really, it's still important, but we don't see it in the light of the future. And I loved that. I mean, that was really powerful. Like what's going to matter when I'm 80? What I need to start cultivating it now. And I love your story because I think we tend to think that God's will for our life is just this one one little area and then it's this straight line and that you know and <laughs> yes. he's so much more creative than that and how beautiful to be able to look back and see how he fashioned all of those facets and all of those seasons and that even this particular season is going to be part of your story 20 years now down the road as well. And I, I love that. I, I think that as women, we tend to feel like, well, what I thought was going to happen with my life hasn't happened. And so maybe it's all a loss. What do you say to that girl? Yeah. You know, it's funny as you're saying that I, this is going to sound like an extreme example, Paul, he's an extreme example in most cases, but I think about Paul and he was a tent maker, right? So if, if we put ourselves in Paul's shoes and we say, oh, well, I'm just, I, I am what my career says I am. I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom or I'm a, an executive or wherever you are right now, you think this is it for your life. If that's all Paul thought was going to be his life, he might have completely missed this guy named Jesus who came along and totally rocked that to the core. And I think it's the same with our lives. That gives me hope. Because I definitely feel that restlessness where I am right now. I'm about to turn 40 and I feel like I'm 
I'm not having a midlife crisis. <laughs> saying that to myself, I'm not doing that. Um, but I am in some ways. I'm, I'm kind of coming up to this point of feeling like uh, maybe I have lived, maybe I've done all the things I was supposed to do. Maybe this is it, you know. And that's really just a lie. That's like the enemy saying, you have nothing left. Whether you're 20 years old or 50 or 80 years old right now listening, the Lord has things for you right where you are. So what I would say is, you never know what type of miraculous, impossible feeling thing he has for you. Um, And I think that's where this juxtaposition, this tension of goal setting versus listening to God comes in. (laughs) We think that these two are opposing forces. Um, But really, just to kind of give some perspective to that, like wherever you are listening is, um, he wants us to steward well what we have. He does. He wants us to take the things that are just plain in plain sight in our care and use them well. And for me personally, it is in the stewardship of my children's hearts or of my marriage or of the emails that are in my inbox today that he tends to reveal the next steps. <laughs> you know, we think it's going to be some like lightning bolt from heaven. It's not usually, sometimes it is. Um, but usually it's just in what feels mundane that these meaningful things come to life. Oh, that is so important. It's so important. I think the enemy of our soul wants to tell us if you were just there, it, you know, and he points to a point somewhere else than where we currently are. If you just had that, if you had that that position, or if you had that realm of influence, then your life would have meaning. But the problem is, is that when we get there, the carrot moves. <laughs> and so we never get to that place. And there's this, this unholy discontentment that swallows the joy of what is because we don't have what we think we need or want. And I would totally agree. I mean, I remember being a young 20-something with this burning passion in my heart to speak to women, and yet none of the doors opened. No <laughs> doors opened. And and God just was kept saying, will you be faithful right here? Will you do what's in front of you? And will you do it as unto me? And as I really had to lay down that dream of what I thought my life was going to be and really just engaged in the life he'd given me out of that, and especially out of my relationship with him, he then down the road opened the doors. And so what's right in front of us? And that's what I love about the power sheets and cultivate what matters is because you really say what's what's in your life right now and what matters most. And one of the things that was powerful, powerful for me was to be able to have you, you just give such wonderful um, questions. There's these preparation pages that you put at the front and, um, and then you have these videos that I'm going to link to in the show notes <laughs> that were really, I mean, I can't even tell you how powerful they were. And to be honest, I, I just thought, well, I'll just do these as exercises in my journal. But as I worked through them, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's something here. And and here's here's why I got online and I bought my power sheets. Because for the first time, I felt like maybe I could follow through with them. And, you know, 
and I, I am, and it's exciting. And I even got the little, I even got the little stickers, which I never <laughs> yeah. had a sticker girl. <laughs> I love hearing this. <laughs> They're making me very happy, Laura. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's just so doable. It's not like every single day I've got to, I've got to make sure that I'm living this purposeful life. No, it's just keeping it in front of me in a format that is doable. And um, I think that probably that's why it's so powerful for me hearing that you are a reluctant goal setter or that that was never your thing. It's like you almost anticipated um, what us reluctant girls would need. And I love that. I just thank you for being obedient to the Lord. I really appreciate that encouragement because it also spurs me on personally and kind of clarifies for me, like what you just said gave me such clarity that of, of why really I don't profess to be a goal person. I don't, I don't find joy in living by a checklist. Like, yes, I want to be in, in obedience to what he wants me to do every day, whether that's making beds or checking off to do's for email, whatever it is. But um, what I really want is what you just said, which is I want to have my priorities in front of me. And I want to have a very clear view of how he wants me to walk out my unique assignment here on this earth. And I mean, you you have been given such a huge uh, gift, I guess is what I could say. It's, it's much more than that. I feel like it's a treasure. And just the way you are teaching women, even I mean, even the title of your book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World, I just feel like that in itself is what we crave because I do believe it's the way God's wired us. Like we do need someone else to step in and be the strong one, right? (laughs) We do need someone else to call the shots. Like we need someone to be our guide, to be our shepherd instead of us calling the shots, us having the shepherd's staff in our hand. Man, that's exhausting. Um, Oh, so exhausting. And I think that that's what was, has been really refreshing to me about this method of gold setting is that sometimes I can get so goal oriented that I leave God out of the equation and I'm just a woman on a mission. I'm just making things happen. And, and to be able to look holistically at my life and see those places that are important, that all of those, not just knocking off my goals, but uh, I love that you encourage, you know, The beautiful thing is these can be used by Christians and non-Christians alike. And yet there is this lovely thread throughout that just gently points people to the Lord. And, you know, speaking of that, I've, I've heard you on some secular podcasts and one, one of them, especially, um, don't keep your day job with Kathy Heller that I'm going to link to. And I've got to tell you, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever listened to because you shared, you shared goal setting, you shared making things happen, but you, you wove Jesus into it in such beautiful, non-offensive, non-judgmental ways. It just flowed out of your walk with him. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is, and maybe you can't destroy deconstruct that to tell us, um, you know, how to do that. But I'd love, what do you think, how do you approach those kind of interviews that allows it to, to be just organic to who you are rather than feeling like, well, I've got to represent Jesus. Um, 
How do we share our faith in such a winsome way that people actually are able to receive what we're saying? Well, first of all, that's a, such a kind encouragement, like truly all praise to him. That is really neat to hear reflected back. Um, I, you know, I, I've got two answers. One is that um, I can't help it. <laughs> yes. I, I really have to say that because I feel like when I get in like modes in my life where I feel disconnected from the specific story in my walk that really changed me, which was my marriage coming back together. Like he just gave me such a visible, clear picture of, Hey, guess what? I'm real. And I actually can completely change people's lives. And, and it's going to seem impossible. Trust me. And it's going to seem impossible for like three or four or maybe five years. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to blow your mind. (laughs) And that's, I, I don't know. It's like that song, like, uh, we always sing this in church. I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but I couldn't keep it to myself. I feel that. Um, and I think that that is not something that is innate, though. I do think that I do have to work on that. I have to, um, I mean, the gift of getting to write, whether you're a writer in a public platform or you're writing in a journal or writing on a private blog, whatever, the gift of writing out our stories and of recording God's faithfulness is a great way to do that. Um, anytime that I get the opportunity to write out and remember the actual gospel intersection in my life, it just fires me up. I think to myself, why am I not talking about this more? Um, and as far as doing it in a secular way, I feel like that's where the Lord has put me. Um, you know, I started Southern Weddings Magazine and we did that for 10 years and just retired it this last year. And the entire time I was doing it, Minus, I'd say, the first three years where I felt like my faith was super shaky. Um, When God changed my heart and my marriage and that whole story happened, it completely changed our business. And I knew from that moment, I am not here to save saved people, although I do want to encourage believers' faith. Like I want to do that. Um, I want to help the girl that was me who did not grow up going to church, and she— had a lot of rocky, doubt-filled years in her life. And so I I often have to stop myself. And as I was writing my entire first book, I thought about this. I thought, yes, this book is going to clearly lay out what I believe and what I know to be true. But I kept her in mind the entire time I was writing it. And I just thought, okay, what words would make my ears turn off? Um, you know, and I, and I just kept putting myself back in her shoes. And I still think about that to this day. And I war with it. <laughs> I really do. Cause it's a lot easier to just talk about Jesus. It really is. And it's fun. I like, I love talking to you. This is such a joy. I get to just talk about Jesus, but, um, I also have seen the fruit that's come of, uh, doing it in a way that's bold and truth-filled and also sensitive and understanding. And yes, I get it. You've been hurt by the church. Yes, I get it. I don't know the Bible really well either, or wherever it is that I know I've been in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that totally answers the question, but I love that. It's just constantly coming back to the intersection of the gospel in my life. Like, really, what does that mean? And um, always thinking about her. Like, I have a like a her in mind, a person. Oh, that's wonderful. And I sensed that. I would say I sensed, number one, I just sensed God's anointing all over you. So I think that that's probably the biggest thing is that, you know, we step forward and God steps 
up and giving him that platform. And then I also sensed that there was just a very much a freshness with your walk with God. Hmm. And yep. I think that that's the thing I found too, is if I'm talking about something in past tense, then it doesn't have the life that it has when it's something that he's doing in me um, or that, or even just that, that sweet intimacy that I'm having. And, you know, his grace is so sufficient that even on those days when I'm not particularly in tune, he still uses us. But one of the things I love, um, you know, part of the Facebook group that goes along with power sheets and then just following the blogs and different things. But um, you just very much share kind of from what the Lord's doing in your life. One of the things that the living room is about is just that you know, how do we find intimacy with God in the busyness of life? And I wondered, would you mind giving us a little peek into what what maybe that looks like for you? Absolutely. I'd love to. Um, something that I, I obviously will always work on for all of my life. And it's just like growing in intimacy in my marriage. I feel like our relationship grows and evolves and the layers peel back. And we're at such a sweet spot right now in our marriage. Um, and I, I just feel like my relationship with the Lord is the same. Um, it's it's not that I or we need to arrive at a a certain checklist of things we do each day to say, okay, I've got it, <laughs> you know. Um, it's just ever growing, ever changing. But I'd say right now for me, it means uh, trying to keep my mind on Him all day um, because I am someone who I can act on impulse. I know that like. I think probably just like all of us, it's so easy for us to stray. And then the moment I start to feel the worry creep in or the tension or the fear, or he said, she said, whatever it is, I think to myself, hold the phone. This is not from him. You know, like I need to get my heart in check again. Um, so I, I wake up in the morning and my kids wake me up at like 5.30. <laughs> so I don't have an alarm clock, but... I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. They're adorable. Um, but yes, it's an early wake up. But sometimes I, I know like my biological clock wakes me up a little bit before most of the time. And so I read my um, Bible app on my phone. And uh, I've been reading the Old Testament this year. I, I've For the last two years, I've read the Bible in a year. And I just felt this year, I was like, I got to slow this down. I want to really let this sink in. And it's been so good. I've been reading it um, alongside uh, half the group is uh, sisters here from my home church. And then the other half is just sisters I know from all over. So we've got like 10 of us that are reading it together. And it is a cool thing to read the Bible with other people. It's just cool. Even if you don't know people really well, like half the group doesn't know each other well, we're getting to know each other because we're in like Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world does this mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting to know each other. Um, and so that's been, it's just been neat because I feel like I wake up and I've got my people, you know, yeah. and um, other cornerstones. There's just cornerstones, I think, in my day that always bring me back to what matters, which is him. And uh, the other thing that we do is like my leadership team and I, we pray to start the week. We just did that this morning. And it's always so refreshing to start the work week like that and just pray over the needs of the business and team members. Um, and then I, I, you know, have to end with this. There's a lot of other things that happen in between. But to me, one of the most 
deeply intimate times I have with the Lord is praying with my husband at night. Beautiful. And it's, you know, we, we went through really like rocky is a mild way to put it, just dividing time in our marriage early on. And so I think we early on got the gift out of that, out of that hard season of recognizing our need for the Lord. And we fight for it every day. Even if we're mad at each other, even if we're in conflict, even if we're tired, we don't feel like it, we just about without fail grab each other's hands at night and we pray before bedtime. And it used to be that Ari would just pray. And I don't know, we didn't choose that. We didn't say, you know, just Ari will pray. But somehow it used to be just him. And then we went to this marriage conference and a couple was talking about how um, when you hear someone pray, it reveals so much of their heart because you hear them talking to God. And so that was, it's a subtle shift, but we decided for both of us to pray during that time. And it has been so awesome. So I think that's probably one of the most intimate times I have with the Lord. And again, there's other things, but those are the cornerstones that, that really bring me to like a oneness in my marriage, a oneness in the spirit with him too. Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. You know, uh, you and I were j- chatting before the interview. Uh, just one of your recent blog posts that uh, one of your team wrote was on the Enneagram and goal yes. setting. <laughs> and I'm just just kind of starting and dabbling in that. And and it really is interesting. We are all so unique and so different. <laughs> yes. and, and I think, you know, that's why for different ones of us, our spiritual love language might be a different, completely different than another person's. But also, when it comes to goal setting, do you? Um, what do you think about that? Any any thoughts? <laughs> yeah. So, the enneagram is, you know, it's one of those things that circles around the internet, and you think, oh, this is going to be fun for a little while, and it might pass. I don't think it's going to because it's really insightful. Um, and for those that don't know, it's just a, a basically a personality test, but. Um, for us in our even in our business, knowing each other's Enneagram type and the motivations behind what we are doing every day, it just reveals so much of how we can love each other better. And so uh, just in our team, we've taken the Enneagram test. And I mean, we must talk about it almost every day. We, we really did. We reference it almost every day. And I even, I, my mom is visiting right now and I had my mom take the test yesterday. <laughs> and these things are just very revealing. But as far as goal setting goes, um, so I am a type one. I am what's called a reformer. Um, and uh, I struggle with perfectionism um, and wanting to make things better all the time. And uh, knowing my Enneagram type, has really helped me understand why I set the types of goals that I set. So like you said, in this blog post, we talk about each type and different goal ideas for each type. Some of them are kind of poking fun at these types. But <laughs> um, but I think it is really important even spiritually to understand who we are, to understand the way God made us, the way he wired us, um, so that we can, for instance, I know as a reformer, I struggle with perfectionism. And when I recognize myself struggling with perfectionism, I stop and I say, oh, that's just my one coming out. And I can better process it. I can better come up with solutions to um, moving through times where I feel like I'm making imperfect progress on something. So it really does equip me to move forward well. 
I love that. I love that. And I think that whole idea of working, working with other people and understanding how they're wired. And uh, yeah, I, someday I'd love to have you come back and talk about the team and how you guys work together. Yes. I'd love that. <laughs> One of the things I kind of hear as a thread um, through what we've been talking about is that you are very much wired to toward team and working together and that that relationship. And I think that that is so beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm a two with, um, probably with more of a three, although I have the one, um, it's just very interesting. I kind of think I'm really just a mess. I, I honestly have to have an Enneagram expert on to try to analyze and figure me out. Oh, but I love that. I could totally peg you as a two. You're a helper. You're someone who really tries to bring out the best in people. So I love that. Well, it's just it's just very funny to see um, see those. And you know what? We're going to link in the show notes to the descriptions of the different enneagrams. But I I think it's so. What I love about Jesus is that again, he doesn't have this cookie cutter shape that we have to fit in. And in fact, um, he wants to release us from all that junk that we put on ourselves or, or on others. Coming back to the goal setting, um, I, I love that you're really bringing us back to the why. You know, what, what is it? Why is this important? Probably one of the most refreshing things that your system has done for me was with that with that too, and I'm a very good girl wanting to do good things and doing it right. And with definitely some perfection in me. Um, but what was beautiful was I felt released from having to just like gather all of my potential goals, you know, where, oh, well, I should be this and I should be that. And, oh, I better not forget to put down that part. That would be terrible. And I was just free and I feel like it was a pr- process that the Lord had been taking me through to go, what's important right now? You know, I, I felt like God had been has done so much in my walk with him and building some consistency that, that I felt like that was really strong. But there were some other areas that I just felt he wanted me to put the the spotlight on. And I'm, I'm excited about um, just working through this process that you lay out, um, being able to reevaluate. One of the things I love is that you have that quarterly reset where we look again. Can you talk about that? How does a woman with so many responsibilities, what are some steps where she could be able to distill the things that matter without being overwhelmed by the myriad of tasks that she comes up with? Mm, that's such a great question. You know, I'm, I've been reading a book called Essentialism recently, and uh, such a great book. And one of the things that I had as an aha moment in that is the word priority evolved into priorities. I think it was something in like the mid 80s. Uh, it, it really wasn't a word that, that priority means the one thing. There is really no such thing as priorities. We kind of made that up because we have a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. When priorities negate priority. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's such a misnomer. Um, so to me, that's what I would say is that we, 
Uh, we feel like we have to have priorities. That's what we were taught. Like you hear in, in school, in college even, like figure out your priorities for your life, plural. But when we get the one priority straight, love God, love other people, however you want to phrase that, just get the love God part right, um, then we really can use the rest of life to kind of, and I, I don't mean this in a loosey-goosey way, to flex around, you know, whatever the Lord wants us to do. So for instance, um, you know, my goal is to just know God's heart. That's my goal this year. And anything around that can uh, serve that purpose. So whether that's in my work, I can use whatever he gives me today to do that. In my mothering, I can use whatever he gives me today to do that. Um, but I do think it gets overwhelming because we make it overwhelming. We we identify multiple priorities. How is something actually going to rise to the top of that list when there is no room for anything at the top of the list? Um, so I, it, it's hard because uh, we are people that don't like hierarchy. We don't like to put something above something else. I remember the first time someone in, in even a church setting told me, you should always keep um, your kids below your marriage. And at the time I was like, that seems crazy. I don't understand it. Now I get it. Like, yes, my marriage need that foundation has to be there for our kids to be loved well. But I didn't like the idea of hierarchy at the time. I was like, nope, they're either going to be equal or no. <laughs> um, but I think that we, we kind of have to, not kind of, we have to, we have to choose. We have to choose what actually matters most choose the priority. And then everything else does have to have uh, a level below that. Mm, that's so good. It's that whole um, put in the big rocks first concept or there won't be room for them later. Right. Exactly. Well, I know we're um, actually going to be airing this, this um, interview in May and there's going to be girls who are like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't even think about goal setting. (laughs) 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 What would you say to them? There is nothing magical about January 1st. In fact, I think May is such a delightful time to start something new. I mean, for us, we really, um, just in our work, we try to listen to where women are. And in the United States, it's typically a time, especially in May, where college graduations are happening. And we're moving into this new uh, season, the psychological season of summer, moving away from like the rush and the major growth of springtime. And so it's a it's a really sweet opportunity right where you are right now in May um, to stop and say, you know what? There's nothing magical about January 1st. Why not? Like what? And I'll just say this, uh, you know, why do people love January 1st? It's because it is such a reflection of what God does for us every single day. The world latches on to January 1st as this ultimate fresh start. But we as believers, we know, we know the ultimate fresh start. And Lord willing, you've had it. Um, And that it's not that the fresh start doesn't happen after that either. He continues to renew us and refresh us and revive us every single day. So I just say like, his mercies actually are made new every morning. And wherever you are right now is a great place to start fresh. He's the God of new beginnings. And so I am I'm I'm really excited to point girls here because like you say, there is that summer window to reimagine 
um, to recalibrate our lives. And one of the beautiful things is that you can go to cultivatewhatmatters.com and there's actually a six month undated calendar, uh, power sheets, excuse me, a six month undated power sheets that you can start right now. And, um, but more than anything, I, I just hope that girls will, will just say, you know what, Lord, what is, what's the most important thing right now? Yeah. Yeah. I also want to point our listeners to the podcast that you've just started. So excited about that. (laughs) Tell us a little bit where we can find it, where we can hang out with you. Yes, it's the Cultivate Your Life podcast. You can find it on iTunes or Google Play. I don't know, all the places. Um, Or just go to cultivateyourlife.com. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and, and of course, I seriously want you guys to check out the video series. It's um, five parts with a bonus six part that really, really just really helped me. So if you, if you could just um, give one piece of advice to women, and it doesn't have to be goal related or anything, maybe something new that God's doing in you or that you wish women knew, what would you say to them? Yeah, I feel like as you were saying that, the one thing that comes to mind is that we're all searching for something. We feel like we think we're searching for our vocation sometimes. We think we're searching for our quote unquote calling, or we think we're searching for whatever it is. We think we know what we're searching for, but what we're really, really searching for, like the way that the Lord wired us is Him. So anytime you get confused, anytime you feel like, God, I have no idea what my purpose is or what the plan is right now or what my goals are supposed to be or what does that even look like? Um, Always come back to his word. And that might feel like a super overwhelming thing to think about. I mean, I'll just share this too, is I have a free five-day reading plan on the YouVersion Bible app called God and Goals. You can just go there. And and the reason I made that really for myself at first, because I wanted to know, Lord, what does your word say about this? Um, so that just allows you to get into the word about it. But that's my biggest encouragement is anytime you feel lost, there is an answer. There is a, there is a book that never fails us. And that's, that's his. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm so glad you were with us, Laura. I already have a couple of, um, podcast interviews that I need to follow up with you. I've got the topics all lined out. So I hope. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> I hope you'll come back. <laughs> I really hope that you will invite me back. This has been such a joy. Just so, so grateful for the way that you're speaking into women's lives. Wow, thank you, my friend. Laura, as we close, would you just pray for us? I'd be delighted to, delighted to. Father God, you are so good just to bring all of us together right now, no matter what day or time we're listening, Lord. Um, we're just really grateful. I'm so grateful for Joanna, and I just pray you bless her ministry, Lord, through you. And uh, Lord, I pray for all of us. Help us to be clear on what you and your words say about who we are and whose we are. Father, I just feel your Holy Spirit with us right now. And I ask that you give each woman that's listening uh, a peace about the purpose you have for her and also just really good clarity on what exactly her physical next steps are supposed to be, or even just the one step, Lord, just one in your direction. Um, 
God, I I just am grateful for your word. Thank you that you have not left us high and dry. (laughs) Thank you that you've also given us so much freedom to be creative through the gifts you've given us and to choose um, different ways to love you and serve you. And just really grateful for that. So God, we pray, we praise you. um, And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us, Laura. Oh, thank you. So. What priorities did God identify in your heart as you listened to the podcast? Remember, I want to encourage you, you're not alone in this process. As the Holy Spirit reveals what we need to work on, He also gives us the wisdom and the strength to cultivate and produce fruit in that area as well as every area of our lives. You'll find links to Laura's power sheets and the startup videos that I talked about in today's show notes as well as all the good stuff Laura offers. And I hope you'll enter the contest going on at my Facebook author page and on Instagram this week. You can find those places by searching Joanna Weaver Books. You could win the six-month undated power sheets that I talk about in the episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, there are more episodes available. You can subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. But you can also sign up for email notifications as well as other good stuff by going to joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash TLR email. Remember, it's not too late to start living intentionally. Our God is a God of new beginnings, even in May. (laughs) Simply invite him into the process, tune your heart to his leading, and I promise he's going to lead you every step of the way because he loves and he delights in making everything new. So until next time, keep living and loving and leading like Jesus. God bless.